In this episode of The Interface, I speak with Mark Tassia, Western Regional Sales Manager for the Amphenol Military and Aerospace Group. Mark has been with Amphenol for 30 years, but spent much of his childhood in Sydney, New York, as his father worked for Bendix prior to its being acquired by Amphenol. We talk about playing with connectors from his dad's sample kits as a child. We talk about the impact of a large factory in a small town like Sydney. We talk about the benefits of learning all aspects of the business before he transitioned to a sales role. And we talk about the thrill of riding along with the incredible growth of this company. This is The Interface. First of all, as someone who's been in sales for a long time, how has this time been where you've had the past few months where you co- can't go and visit any customers, you can't you know, travel and meet with the buyers and the engineers and all the design people? What has this been like from you, even though you're used to working from home? What has it been like for you as someone who's used to you know, being in front of customers on a daily basis? Well, Chris, I mean, it, it's been twofold. I mean, it's been both good and bad. Uh, respectfully, it's tough not being able to have a face-to-face with customers, being on site, uh, working with them uh, as far as, you know, what their design aspects are, uh, you know, as far as having that face-to-face conversation. Uh, Respectfully, though, with everything that's going on, it seems to me that the engineering community is much more available today. Mm, Uh, Engineers who, who usually you couldn't get to, I think they're looking for, you know, to, to, for an audience. And uh, so as far as, you know, responding with engineering, uh, you know, they've been available and, and, you know, our time frame relative to our work hours, you know, I mean, it, it, it's gone well beyond that because you're always available. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're available from early in the morning to, to late at night, especially being in California uh, or on the West coast, Yeah, you know, being an East, East coast centric company, you know, sometimes our availability with, with our resources uh, out of out of the New England or the East Coast areas. But for California, I mean, we're always available. I mean, for I would have to say for myself, you know, uh, being a West Coast person, get up early, get in the queue because, you know, you've got the South and the North and yeah. even the Central because of time frame, uh, yeah. you know, trying to work with those resources. But, uh, you know, it, it's tough not seeing customers. I mean, obviously, you know, trying to develop that relationship, that, that face-to-face activity. It's interesting that you found it easier to get a hold of and, and converse with engineers than you would have before. Well, I've been doing this for a while. I yeah. mean, <laughs> so the communication, you know, I mean, I, as far as, you know, the discipline yeah. to, to, to communicate with, with your customers. So, I mean, that's kind of the easy, easy part of the job. I mean, yeah. it, it's just having conversation, yeah. but that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. Should we leave this in or what? (laughs) Can we we try that one again? No, (laughs) but this this is what makes it good. Right. So so I'll back up then, um, you know, because we could talk about sales and all that current stuff, but, but which is all well and good. and, And I think people would like listening to that. But I think one of the reasons that I really wanted to talk to you was um, your history with this company and with, in particular, uh, Sydney, New York, where, where I'm located. And I know we've talked to a lot of people from Sydney and, and this and that and the other thing, but one of the things that we haven't done a lot of, I think, is is talked about 
the history of this place. And and I'm always fascinated with, I've always been fascinated with history. And hopefully yes. if this podcast continues and we talk to more and more people from more and more Amphenol locations around the world and get into those particular towns' histories with the company, you know, of whatever iteration it may have been in, because for the, the facility in Sydney, New York, as it's Amphenol Aerospace right now, went through multiple iterations to get there. Um, you know, it wasn't sure it wasn't Amphenol back from 1932. It was um, Scintilla from 1925, <laughs> and then Bendix, and so on yeah. and so forth. So, there's, yeah, there's some fascinating <laughs> history there, and and I love to hear all of those bits and pieces from from different areas. But you, with you know, a lot of knowledge and a lot of history with just specifically Sydney, I I think is is fascinating. Um, first and foremost, yes, you you did live here. You went to school here graduate from high school here, but we'll start with your your dad worked for Endix for a long time. It was director yes, of did. marketing. How long did your father work here? Oh my gosh. Uh, here in Sydney, off and on, if you remember, I've lived in Sydney on four separate occasions yeah. relative to my father yeah. uh, working in the plant, starting in the plant. You know, he's from the area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as far as his progression, uh, within the company, uh, starting on the factory floor and then, you know, getting into, you know, the marketing areas and such, but he went out to be a, a, a sales salesman, salesperson, uh, respectfully. So he went, uh, you know, we went to Huntsville, Alabama okay. during the course of, you know, Saturn V rocket, you know, uh, Marshall space flight center and things of that nature. Uh, we lived in Florida for a short time, you know, when they were doing launches from Cape Canaveral, mm-hmm. You know, and then my father, you know, as far as that program, the progression of that program, we went ahead and um, uh, he was transferred to Long Island to take over uh, the Northrop account Mm -hmm. uh, at the time, the uh, EA-6B aircraft platform. So we lived in uh, Stony Brook. Mm -hmm. But uh, in between that, we would come back to Sydney and he would take a particular job function within Sydney and and then he moved out to uh, to, to Long Island. And then we came back from Long Island as my father, uh, became part of the marketing group. Mm-hmm. So, and then, and then myself relative to, you know, starting employment with, with Amphenol, uh, at that time, Amphenol, uh, Bendix to, to become Amphenol. You know, I moved back to Sydney as well uh, mm-hmm. to start my, my career, uh, with, with Amphenol. When were you first aware of what at the time Bendix was like what your father did and the, and the company <laughs> that he was a part of? I can tell you just my personal experience that moving from Long Island myself in high school to Sydney, I lived literally down the street from the old plant, not far. You could almost see it when you walked out of my front door. I had no idea what they did <laughs> in that building until I interviewed for the first time. When were you first aware of it? Oh, as, as a young child. Yeah. I mean, you know, my father would bring home toys for Christmas and I would play with the connectors in his sample kit. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> So, so, you know, I mean, Hey, this is great. Look at these new toys, you know, metal function, yeah. you know, coupling nuts and, you know, being able to, you know, couple them together, take them apart. Ooh, here's a tool to take the contacts out. You yeah. Know, crazy stuff like that. So, you know, I mean, I, I grew up around and in the building, mm. you know, uh, back in the day when they had mahogany row yeah. down in, uh, you know, on the Delaware Avenue facility, I used to run up and down the hallways when it was actually mahogany, yeah. you know? Yeah. So. Um, so I've seen the I've seen the the the, the transition of, of that building and now you know obviously into the new building, but I I, I grew up in in that building and you know the, the culture of the building uh, you know 
a lot of people uh, I've known for many, many years, you know, as far as the, you know, the tenure uh, of of folks from Sydney, but, you know, I kind of, I kind of grew up in the building and had a really good understanding of of what, what Amphenol was and is today. It is a unique location too. I mean, Sydney is, is not a very large town and you're talking about a plant at the time when you worked there, when you started there or your father was there, how many people worked there? Oh, the facility uh, was 1,500 people. Okay, yeah. You know, and then, and, but, uh, you know, obviously we, we, we drew from the Tri-Town area and, yeah. and people as far as, you know, Binghamton and Oneonta and such. But, uh, you know, uh, trying to understand as far as, you know, you know, what were we doing in Sydney? And, you know, my father obviously being, uh, you know, uh, having worked in the facility, you know, you start to understand as far as, you know, what are we doing in Sydney? especially as far as the interconnect levels. And, and obviously we focused on military cylindrical products. Yeah. So as far as, you know, what our exposure was to uh, larger strategic defense uh, corporations. But I mean, in a small town too, I mean, you have, you're talking about, and just in this area in general, like the surrounding area, like you were talking about, because of the, I think the, the pull of this place you have, you know, on your street or whatever your street may be where you live, there's probably at least 40 to 50% of the houses where someone in that house works at the plant or had oh, we all did. there. Yeah. I mean, most of the people, I mean, yeah. I, I, I lived on Hatfield, uh, you know, right, right. You know, I played with all the guys off of Camp Bing street. Right. right. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I had, I had a, a Pearl street address, you know, yeah. and everybody on the street, you know, somehow, uh, you know, uh, worked at the factory in some capacity or other. But then you had interspersed in between certain houses, you know, you had the optician and, you know, you had <laughs> the, the, the druggist. But but most of the people, uh, you know, and, you know, obviously the, 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 the Morabito oil fuel group at that time. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'd have to say uh, a good 70 percent of the people were all all employed by Bendix Amphenol. When you then went into the Marines, you went into the Marines, you went to you know, finish high school here, went to college, then go in the Marines. Right. Yeah, ha- had a tough, tough path. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it was a great learning experience. But yes, uh, well you know, put. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of different. Uh, but uh, we, we, we all have life choices, and uh, you know, we make some good ones, we make some bad ones. You're not the only one. Yeah, I'm. Correct. I'm with you. I'm Very with similar. You. <laughs> but you go into the Marines. Yes. Uh, how aware were you at that time, just based on your history and, and knowing what your father did and what Bendix did, were you aware when you were in the Marines and you were around equipment and systems and gear that some of this stuff was actually made by the plant back in Sydney, New York? To a very small, small degree. Okay. Uh, you know, my, my father was a Marine, you know, I made a decision to go in the Marines at that point in time, it turned out to be a, a, a great learning experience. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I mean, you, you, you learn to grow up really fast, Oh yeah. but uh, it, it, as far as uh, the use of equipment and such, you know, uh, being in the Marines, I would take a look at, you know, whether it be on vehicles, communications gear. And I would like, I'm like, Oh, I know what that is. You know, I've seen that before. I mm-hmm. played with it as a kid. <laughs> so I, I had a full understanding of how important, you know, our facility was military electronics. So it put it into perspective a little bit for you. Oh, very much so. You're then done with the Marines. And I think that was, I, I believe when I met you for the first time at good old Golden Valley basketball camp here in Sydney, New York. 
Yeah, I, I'm a Golden Valley University graduate. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, In life. Yes. But then you, just probably to make a long story short, you ended up starting working for Bendix, which then became Amphenol. So what was your progression? How did that all come about to actually come back and start working for the company where you know, you were raised to a large extent and graduated from high school? I, I was very lucky. I mean, my summer employment was working in the factory. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I had the ability to be out on the shop floor and see the, you know, uh, obviously the, the, the inner workings and as far as uh, the activity within the manufacturer of interconnect products. And, you know, Sydney at that time was extremely vertically integrated. Uh, not to the size and scope and, and, and as far as the global existence it is today of Amphenol, but, uh, you know, as far as, uh, you know, die cast and, and metal machining and molding. And, and so, I mean, I started out in stockroom, mm-hmm. you know, and so we were doing uh, inventory auditing. You know, we would weigh out the contacts, uh, count the shells and, you know, all the different components. Then you started to get into other roles, right? I think you were in product management for a little bit at some point too. Yes. I mean, I, I was very lucky. Uh, once again, uh, you know, there was a training program. Mm-hmm. So I applied, you know, being, you know, having come back to, to, to the area, uh, I went ahead and applied for the marketing uh, intern, but I was not a degreed engineer uh, like the people I came in with. So here I am with uh, RIT, Penn State, <laughs> yeah. uh, University of Buffalo, yeah. you know, and, and here I am, I'm, you know, I've got a, a philosophy, logic, you know, degree, you know, yeah. And so uh, the interview process was pretty tough for me, yeah. but I was older. I had the ability to go, you know, go to college and, and you know, start work. My resume was put to the bottom of the pile, and luckily enough, it went to the top of the pile again. Mm-hmm. So I went through a multiple interview process uh, to get into this training program. When I came in, you know, uh, we got dispersed, the six of us. You know, one would go to customer service, one mm-hmm. would go to quality, uh, when we go to engineering and we would rotate, we learned all these job functions. It was wonderful. I was lucky. Like I said, I think a little bit because of my maturity, being a, a, a somewhat of a quick learner, you know, I was able to uh, gain access to a role, a sales salesperson role very, uh, very soon after getting into the training program. I'm assuming that the tasks that you did and the, and, and all the different projects that you had to do when you were working in the facility were invaluable to you once you then got out and had to try to sell this? Oh, it, it, it's, it's like gaining a liberal arts education, you know, within, within connector manufacturing, you know, yeah. at that time we had a, we had a communications team, you know, we had a marketing team, sales, you know, a quality team and, you know, working with these folks and, and, and learning the functions and uh, as far as, you know, what their daily roles are and how they supported uh, the overall uh, connector manufacturer uh, of, our, of our products. And, and at that time, like I said, you know, we were, we were just interconnects out of Sydney, mm-hmm. you know, we, you know, not, not to the size and scope we are today. Our bag was a little bit smaller. <laughs> uh, and, and also as far as, you know, how we conducted ourselves. I mean, uh, when I started, you know, it was all telephone calls and paper products, mailings. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, you know, we, you know, I mean, computers were all brand new, you know, so yeah. we did have, a, we did have an operating system, you know, I mean, we, you know, we, we learned out of a catalog, yeah. you know, there was no online access. Well, you bring up a good point because at the time it was just what we manufactured out of this facility here. 
That's correct. And now, you know, fast forward a number of years to 2020, and you are, you know, the regional manager for the West Coast for the military and aerospace group, which encompasses, well, about what, 22 different divisions around the world, ultimately. Um, Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, how, 20, how, 22, 26, who's counting? <laughs> how do you end up, how did you in your mind every time, and, and it's a good problem, of course, but you know, we, we acquire another company or, or another business comes into the military and aerospace group and you go, wow, it's a whole different set of technologies, set of products. How do you go about learning that so you can feel like you are effectively selling that to your customers? Well, that's the exciting thing for working with Amphenol. I mean, I mean, just our, I mean, like I said, having having humble beginnings with with Bendix and the electronic components division, right, in yeah. Sydney, New York, and now we've got multiple divisions, multiple technologies. You know, our bag and our product breadth has gotten so expansive. Like I said, that's the exciting thing is, I mean, we're able to go ahead and talk to our customers about so much more than just being a component supplier. Mm-hmm. I'm coming up on I'm not to not to date myself, but I'm, you know, almost 30 years of doing this, you know, yeah. uh, working with Amphenol, and it's been great. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, just to see the growth uh, of the of, of the company, the organization, and you know, we, you know, I mean, we're growth by acquisition. I mean, obviously, we have organic activities, but but w- what I find exciting is that we get a new technology that we're able to go ahead and service and support our customer. But along with that, we get, we get people, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what I really love about the job is getting to, to, to meet more people, you know, and as far as, you know, being a part of our organization and what they bring to the company and as far as, uh, you know, uh, their inspiration, that's why I'm still here. I mean, uh, I love being here, man. Yeah, you're right. You'll never get bored because it's always changing. That's for sure. It's not like <laughs> you spent 30 years just selling, you know, round green military connectors. Well, I'm of the adage, you know, you know, change is inevitable. Growth is optional. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, everything you do, you know, changes. I mean, change in work, change in home, change in environment. You know, it's how you deal with it and adapt and, you know, having challenges. That's what makes life exciting. That's what makes this job exciting. You know, I'm not saying that we don't get, you know, uh, like so, you know, there's distractions and hurdles. Sure. But 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 how you deal with that, and and that happens in our business day to day. The true test of a sales guy is is how how can he you know uh, overcome? And it's not, I wouldn't. I'm not going to use the word failure, but listen, you know, issues. But, but issues, <laughs> but you know, listen, we have a batting average. We're batting. 400, 500. I mean, we're, we're having a great day at the plate. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, I mean, it's like, listen, we have competition. They're not Amphenol. Uh, you know, they have a very low batting percentage. Mm-hmm. I mean, for us at Amphenol, I mean, oh my gosh, I mean, we're, we're, the, we're the Ted Williams of, 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 of interconnect uh, solutions. I might have to steal that. <laughs> well, he was a Marine. So that's the reason why I said, no. I mean, he played for the wrong team, but the, <laughs> But, but, yeah. <laughs> I don't have to run that by the family to see if we could trademark that or anything like that. Um, I don't know. He might be cryogenically frozen. Maybe if he comes back, he could be a spokesperson for us. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> I'd love to see him again. So now as we're, as we're you know, still in the midst of this and it's not going anywhere anytime soon, how do you 
you know, just on a outside of work, how do you keep yourself busy and, and not go insane? Well, I have a family. And so insanity is just part of that. Uh, uh, <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with this. <laughs> no, no, it, it, you know, uh, once again, uh, I'm, I'm a lucky guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I kind of, you know, started, uh, late in life, uh, with, with the family aspect, but, uh, uh, you know, as far as, uh, uh, with, with my wife and kids, uh, we're very active. I mean, we enjoy camping, sailing, uh, as far as, you know, being West coast based, you know, my family's all East coast based. So, you know, we used to do a lot of traveling, uh, but, yeah. uh, uh, as far as visit, visit family, but for myself, you know, as far as finding some outlets, Love motorcycles. Do a lot of uh, motorcycle riding, and I'm not just talking riding around. Um, you know, it's it's long distance riding, yeah, uh, long range riding, and uh, we put a kind of as of lately put a new component to that as far as uh, camping from a motorcycle, uh, which is kind of exciting in itself. And then uh, right now, because my kids are in sports, you know, uh, uh, baseball. I've yeah. always loved baseball. You know, like I said, you know, as far as high school fairly good athlete, uh, you know, um, you know, between football and, and basketball, baseball, golf, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. It's fun growing up with them that way. Yeah. Um, you know, my son was in baseball for a very long time. He transitioned over to lacrosse, but for me, you know, I tried to do the coaching thing mm-hmm. and, you know, sometimes I'm a little too passionate, you know, <laughs> the intensity is a little, a little tough on, you know, on, on little kids and, you know, and also being a sales guy, yeah. you can't, you can't devote the time to it. It's sure. not fair to the kids. It's not fair to the assistant coaches. Right. So what I started doing is, is that in the early beginnings, you know, everybody has something to say at a baseball game, you know, relative to the umpiring. When they're, so they're like, so <laughs> they're like, well, you know, if you could do better, why don't you do it? I'm like, oh. I go, you know what? I think I will. So uh, very early uh, in little league or otherwise, I, I started to do the umpiring thing mm-hmm. and uh, I really kind of took to it and really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I, you know, it, it, it's, it's a great group of people as far as being involved with the game and, and kind of the management of a baseball game, especially with the young people. Yeah. So yeah. that's uh, a labor so, of love too. I mean, it's not like you really uh, get it, paid. It's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. It really is, you know? And, and so, you know, as I've become better at it, you know, people ask me, say, well, why don't you, why don't you go ahead and, and move into, uh, you know, high school or otherwise, but it's tough in our job function, our, our availability to try to, you know, have to be at a high school at, you know, three thirty to, to do a game. I just, mm-hmm. I can't do that. So, yeah. you know, I, I stay at the little league level and uh, do some summer ball, but, uh, uh, I, you know, once again, I, I, I find that to be a, a, a lot of fun. And like I said, it's a, it's a good positive outlet for me. I, I guess you probably just wish you could do more of it this summer. Pretty much. I mean, this, this has been a tough year, man. I mean, for everyone, Yeah. you know, but yeah. uh, I can keep my social distancing on a motorcycle. So I've, I've done a lot of bike rides. Yeah. And, I know you, and you, you mentioned it. I know, cause you've, you've shared some of that with me that I mean, you're not talking about, ah, we're going to do 80 miles in a day. It's more like 800 Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. I just, uh, I just, because of the time availability, yeah. uh, 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 in some of the travel restrictions is, but, uh, I did, uh, uh 2,800 miles, six States in four days, uh, over Memorial day. And then, uh, recently I went to, uh, Southern Oregon and our first day was, uh, 819 miles. Oh my goodness. 
Wow. So that's a lot of time in the saddle. My yeah, I was just gonna say I'm I'm getting sore just thinking about that. <laughs> well, if you set your bike up properly, you know, because <laughs> you, you know, like anything else, you have to have you have to have the right equipment. Yeah. Just like in our, just like you know, you know, relative to what we do in our job function. Yeah. You know, you have you have to have the right right equipment, uh, sound equipment, making sure that everything works properly. It's it's a lot of fun, and the great thing about it is you get to see so much. You know, I mean. Los Angeles, Orange County, San Diego, I mean, the high density, you know, as far as the amount of people. But California, I mean, getting out into California and especially the Western U.S., mm-hmm. you know, uh, we, we had gone through, you know, done rides through Colorado and, and out to New Mexico and such. And there's some beautiful roads. And, yeah. and, and, and people should, should if they have the time, uh, you know, get out and, and, and take in that experience as far as uh, uh, being able to see the U.S., you know, I would like to go ahead and because of this long range thing is, is I'm trying to prepare for a, what they call a 50 CC. And that's, that's riding from Pacific ocean to the Atlantic ocean in, in 50 hours. So, but you have to have a physical, it's a physical activity, yeah. as well as, you know, mentally challenging. But once again, you have to have, make sure that you're, you know, your equipment's going to work for you. Yeah. Again, just thinking about that, my, you know, my, my rear gets sore <laughs> just thinking about <laughs> sitting there for 50 hours, but I give you all the credit in the world. Listen, Mark, I don't want to hold you up anymore. Um, I always enjoy talking to you. I'm glad we get to see each other on this call and we haven't seen each other since probably January. But again, I, I appreciate you taking the time to do this today and hopefully we'll see each other soon. Not a problem, Chris. I want to thank you. And like I said, it's been very enjoyable here with Amphenol. And like I said, it's a, at some point in time, I, I hope we can all get back together again. I mean, I miss the networking activity, uh, you know, but I want to thank you. 